Hey, everybody, it's JT from Grilling at the Green. John Breaker and the great folks at Birdie Ball have a short time offer for all of you listeners. You just go to birdieball.com, and when you place your order, there's a place on that form for a discount code. Use G-A-T-G. That's G-A-T-G. Of course, it stands for Grilling at the Green. And you will get 20% off anything you order from birdieball.com. Now, it's a short-time offer. It expires in about a week, so you want to get on it. Go to birdieball.com, place your order, uh, use the code G-A-T-G, and get 20% off. You heard it here on Grilling at the Green. It's time for Grilling at the Green. Join Jeff Tracy as he explores the golfing lifestyle and tries to keep it in the short grass for the hackers, dew sweepers, and turf spankers. Here's Jeff. Just open up the door and let's take good times in. Hey everybody, welcome to Grilling at the Green here on AM860 The Answer and the Golf News Network. I'm JT, along with Camaro Dave and Commander Chris from the studios here in Portland, Oregon. What is it like to be a golf course superintendent, especially at a real high-end course? Well, we're going to find out today. We've got Jim Myers with us from the Columbia Edgewater. Jim's just had that job for a short period of time, so we're going to be talking to him in just a minute and find out all he knows. Well, maybe not all he knows, but some of them he knows about being a golf course superintendent. Also, this segment of Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef, beef the way nature intended, and Gunter Wilhelm Knives, unmatched quality, comfort, and efficiency for enhanced productivity in the kitchen. Online at Gunter Wilhelm Knives. You know, it goes together, man golf and food it really does so jim welcome yeah thank you jt i really appreciate it it's uh, nice to be in your studio today well thanks for being here first of all what prompted you to become a golf course superintendent uh well when i was a young guy kind of in high school um, played some golf with some neighboring uh friends and then i worked at a golf course in high school and uh in college and uh really enjoyed working on the golf course um it was nice to work outside and uh you know maintain a, a beautiful piece of property and so i ended up going to college for it and uh, enjoyed it ever since so what does we're going to get some of this basic stuff out of the way at the top here jim <clears throat> what does a day look like for jim myers as a golf course superintendent yeah well i think uh, most uh, golf course superintendents have um, evolved in the last uh a uh, few years. Uh, we're now business managers, more or less. We're, mil- we're managing million-dollar budgets. Um, but uh, a day for me is, you know, I uh, obviously uh, meet with my assistants in the morning. Um, we get ready for our morning meeting. Um, I approach my team every morning, um, kind of give them a big, the big-picture outlook. Um, and then uh, my assistant, uh, Nate um, Ulrich, takes it from there. He gives us a weather update. He kind of gives us what's happening on the T-sheet. And then Michael Wright, my uh, first assistant, jumps in and he'll give out daily tasks uh, to each team member. We'll have 20, uh, about average 20 team members during the summer, maybe up to 25. Um, and uh, the team heads out there early in the morning. Our, uh, oh, yeah. our meetings are, it can start anywhere from 4, 4.30 in the morning till 5 o'clock, maybe during the winter around 6. And uh, the team heads out and we try to uh, get the golf course ready for the members. Uh, most of the work we do is pretty much unseen by the members and we try to have it prepped and ready to go before uh, that first tea time and uh, they kind of follow us around. So you're and you you and your assistants are saying all right uh, Bob you uh, you got to go cut this fairway or deal with this rough or deal with this bunker or water this tea box or 
Because you, you see them doing all kinds of things. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah, it's a it's a orchestra. You know, um, my assistant, Michael Wright, really kind of um, takes the lead on that quite a bit in the morning. Um, I'm usually out checking the golf course. My job first thing is morning is to walk the golf course to make sure um, our disease management's in check, to make sure that uh, um, the projects that we're working on are, are kind of set. But uh, yeah, my uh, my assistant, um, Michael, is uh, overseeing four fairway units that are out there. We've got a couple guys walk mowing aprons. We've got some guys out mowing greens. Um, you know, with Columbia Edgewater, we have a, a little bit larger property than others. Uh, we have our Mason course, which is a uh, par three course. And then we have our McCann um, course, which is our champion 18 right. hole. Right. I, I'm just curious because do you do it every day? And when I say, do you do it every day, do you mow every day or like when you were getting ready, which we'll talk about a little later in the show, Jim, um, you had the LPGA there, but you also had a USGA event earlier Yeah, and, and the difference in setting those up and the time in between, does it go back to regular specs or do you, <laughs> what happens? Yeah, well, so um, there's a couple of pieces I can answer there for you. Uh, we do mow greens seven days a week. We mow fairways uh, three days a week. Uh, we'll mow aprons three days a week. We change cups daily. Bunkers are raked daily. Um, so when you're doing those daily tasks, it takes a large team to be able to sure. uh, to give a championship level at all times. Um, we take uh, a lot of raw data. Um, we'll uh, take uh, stemp readings. We'll take firmness readings. We'll take uh, TDR readings, which are moisture readings. We'll compile all that data together to uh, be able to kind of form a, a management plan of how we uh, attack the golf course. We like to uh, keep our golf course firm and fast at all times mm -hmm. uh, for the members. Um, so really when we set up for a championship like the uh, Oregon Open or Oregon uh, or Amateur that we just hosted or the LPGA that we just hosted, there's a little bit of change, but not a ton um, because we try to keep that, uh, that high level uh, for our membership daily. Um, it's nice when a member brings a guest out to the club and, uh, you know, it's their opportunity to maybe show off the club a little bit to their sure. guest. And we want to make sure that uh, they're getting championship levels at all times. I've um, played it a couple times. Mm -hmm. I mean, I played it when I was a kid. Yeah. And I told you that story. But um, Media Day, we've had Media Day out there yeah. a couple of times and got to play it. And uh, I don't know if it's just my memory, but it seems to have grown and also grown in difficulty. But when you're 10 years old, it doesn't matter. You're just having fun, you know? Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Well, I would say to that, um, you know, our golf course is tree-lined. Um, obviously, the trees have probably grown a lot more since uh, oh, yeah. since you were younger. Um, yeah. So that also makes a, a quite a, a challenging golf course. Um, our golf course is much like Sahali that's in Seattle. It's a tight tree-lined golf course. You need to hit the ball straight. Um, you need to keep it in play and in the fairways. And uh, if you don't, uh, it's not going to set up easy for you for, uh, no. for scoreability throughout your round. No, and not everybody is... Phil Mickelson being able to hit off the pine straw or whatever. You know? <laughs> Absolutely. You can't do that. What do you think is the most difficult part of your job? Um, you know, I would say the most, I mean, anytime you're uh, managing a, a large budget, a large team, there comes a lot of challenges um, with that. Um, you know, it's, our job is daily. It's, it's tough. The only day the club is closed is Christmas day. We, um, 
Um, my team, so either between Michael or myself, one of us is there every day. Um, during the summer, um, we probably only get maybe two to four days off a month. Um, you know, and if an event falls on kind of your weekend off, it's unfortunate that you end up working. So you only might get two days off. So um, there's days where we'll work 16 hours. Um, you know, there's not a, a, any time during the summer where we'll work 40 hours a week. Uh, so I would say the biggest challenge is the, you know, it's just the commitment in the, in the daily, um, you know, um, just, I guess, maybe grind of, of yeah. being there every day. It's, uh, it's on every day. So uh, I think that's the biggest challenge. There's no weekends off or no, no days off, you know, no 4th of July to hang out. Does it ever get boring? Not with the challenges being a golf course superintendent. You know, uh, I think if you asked any member of GCSAA out there, the Golf Course Superintendents Association of America, they'll tell you there's not one boring day. Um, you might come in um, having a game plan for that day, and uh, unfortunately something happened, a weather event, or um, a team member might have called in sick, and you need to change your schedule um, right. and change your game plan. Um, I think even during the LPGA, we had so many uh, uh, tough days there with uh, weather that uh, well, we had the fires and the small and the smoke and the the whole thing. Yeah, every day we had to change our schedule. We set a schedule and a game plan. We walked in the morning and that schedule was changed. You had to uh, go on the fly. So I don't think there's ever a day that there's not really uh, um, that you're going to be bored at work. <laughs> yeah, well, it just seems interesting to me because. Um, Golf courses are a, usually a pretty good sized tract of property. Yeah. Something, something's always growing where it shouldn't be. Maybe something's not growing where it should be. Yeah. Just to look at the agronomy side of it, yeah. and then you've got uh, the aesthetics of it, and you've got member issues at times. I'm assuming yeah. um, where their ball lodges in a root or something under yeah. a tree and they don't think either the root or the tree should be there or what have you. So uh, I would think you would get hit kind of on all sides sometimes, not in a bad way, just... Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, uh, you know, being a golf course superintendent is a very challenging position. Um, you know, uh, members uh, are important to our team. It's uh, a lot of our decisions um, are go around uh, the membership. Um, but uh, yeah, we 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 field a lot of complaints, and we want to make sure that uh, those complaints are viable, and make sure that we take care of them. I don't I don't think it really matters if you're a golf course superintendent at a nine hole facility or a high end eighteen uh, hole facility. Sure. Um, yeah, you're always going to get uh, some kind of uh, uh, questions on how we can improve, and that's kind of our job. We want to make sure that we take yeah. those uh, we take those uh, demands and those requests and uh, move forward with them. There you go. We are going to take a break here on Grilling at the Green. We're going to be back with Jim Myers in just a couple minutes. Jim's the golf course superintendent out at Columbia Edgewater. And I know you guys didn't get to go see the tournament in person like I did this year, but the course looked phenom phenomenal. So we'll be back in just a minute and uh, we'll pick it up from there. Hi everybody, it's JT and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Hey, 
Hey, welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. Today we've got Jim Myers with us from Columbia Edgewater. Uh, real quick before we get back to Jim, the folks at Langdon Farms Grill, they got their Friday night prime rib specials going again. So you want to check that out. About 25 bucks, you get a whole nice big plate of food. Uh, and there's some jazz music going on there too. So you can go online and uh, see all the particulars. Or you can just show up. That's Langdon Farms Grill on Friday nights, their prime rib special. And they still have their rib special on Tuesday too. If you want to email us, it's really simple. Info at grillingatthegreen.net. That's info at grillingatthegreen.net. And of course we have Facebook and 16, 17 platforms that this show goes out on. And uh, Twitter and I don't know. It was. It's a lot. I'm just going to put it that way. How's, doesn't that sound enthusiastic, man? <laughs> you can spend all your time. That's one of the big complaints in the radio business and t- television business now. We spend so much time dealing with social media mm-hmm. that um, we're, we it kind of pulls us away from the studios and stuff now. Yeah. So that's how about, you have to do a lot of that. Um, you know, I do uh, a little bit of social media. Um, you know, I, basically Twitter. Um, I think Twitter does uh, a really good job. Um, a lot of superintendents are on Twitter. Right. It's amazing the stuff that you can learn from other people's posts or uh, photos. Um, just superintendents sharing ideas of how they, um, you know, do verification process a little bit different, some mowing processes. So you can actually take an opportunity to learn a little bit uh, on GCSAA. So it's nice to have um, some platforms that you can learn from. Yeah, I actually. Uh monitor the uh, the golf course or the superintendent stuff there because i like to see what they have to say yeah it's always interesting a lot of them have little video clips about what they've uh, what they're doing what they've tried whatever whatever uh it's uh aerating time in portland it is the bane of all fall golfers <laughs> yes um well we just really uh honestly just completed our airification process uh it was a little tight uh, window for us we had uh lpga uh, lpga finished on sunday uh monday uh the golf course was open back to the membership which is a great day for the members to be able to get out the day after lpga we use sunday pins sunday um uh, T locations, give them the same setup that they saw on uh, on that Sunday on TV. Right. Um, and then Monday came in, or Tuesday came in, and we uh, we aerified. We saw some weather starting to move in on uh, on that Tuesday night, Wednesday. Uh, so we had to uh, aerify uh, 31 greens in a very short window. It was a long day for our team um, to be able to get the greens all aerified. Uh, rain came in, and then uh, we had to circle back around and finish up fairways and tees after that. How long does it take to to do that to a green i mean you you've got you don't have huge huge greens there but they're very good sized yeah and um you know versus if you're playing in scotland or something you're never sure where the green starts and the fairway ends but uh and i i'm i'm i'd say that in all kindness um but does it take an hour or two to do it with them? Well, you got the machines now. Yeah, there is a lot of process, but there's a lot of hand process as well. Um, like I said earlier, we have 20 guys on staff uh, or yeah. 20 team members. And uh, out of that 20 team members, uh, for us just to punch greens, um, it took us uh, roughly 16 hours with all those guys to punch the, all those greens. Wow. Um, you know, we come in, we uh, use an air fire behind, we pull the cores, cores are cleaned up. Um and then obviously uh, the green's blown off, um, and then the sand's applied, and then the sand's worked into the holes, um, which takes uh, quite a bit of time. Uh, the whole process is is much longer than uh, most individuals would think, but uh, yeah, it's uh, 
it's a it's it's a big process with a with a twenty man team and uh, working that many hours. How do you work the sand into the holes? I know how you clean up everything, yeah. but yeah, on our initial, we'll use a, a drag brush to go through, um, and then we'll come behind with some hand brooms, and we'll actually hand broom and work some of that sand in. We'll also use uh, some backpack blowers, and we'll row that sand up as we're blowing and kind of blow it into the holes a little bit. Um, but I think a couple different combinations help work that sand in. Huh. Uh, once the sand kind of bridges on that hole, it takes a little while to get in. Um, so it's kind of our part to make sure that we fill that uh, that hole with some good new quality soil medium uh, for growing and sustaining, uh, you know, obviously turf grass at a very short height of cut. Can I get you to bring all that stuff down to my house and, and we can do my front and backyard there I, it needs some help yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> i you know i live three blocks from oga mm-hmm. and i can't i can't con any of those guys to bring in that stuff over to my house you know it just well i think we got a pretty good relationship going here now yeah. so maybe we can link up and well, yeah uh, i can give you some turf advice as we move forward yeah i would like that i would like that a lot um i remember <laughs> i did get a couple of buckets of seed and uh green sand and stuff from langdon a few years back because when we bought that house that backyard was terrible i mean it's just terrible and i remember the superintendent goes you're gonna put this in your yard i said yeah i am you watch me it was on one end you know but i did when i i wrote and tilled a bunch of stuff up and put it in there and you can always see those little <laughs> clumps of that really shiny green grass come up like that and i thought i should have got more of that and been all level anyway that's my agronomy skills right there well you know here in the pacific northwest anytime you can do any kind of top dressing just to kind of keep things firm during the winter um you know whether it's your lawn or you know wherever it's uh, definitely gonna help out for sure yeah absolutely um so when you go to school to do this jim what is it you you study i mean this isn't just like business classes or it can't be just agronomy dealing with grasses you've got to have a broad spectrum of information in your noggin to be able to do this yeah you know um obviously college was a few years back for me but uh me too (laughs) um yeah we uh basically you're going business management you're uh, studying soil science uh turf grass management um plat uh id um, you're dealing with, uh, you know, some um, biology classes. Obviously, a lot of math goes into it, where, you know, uh, for calculations, uh-huh. for applying products, um, for, you know, even we talked about top dressing. How much sand do I actually purchase? Um, you know, we work off a budget, so a budget's pretty tight. Um, you better have good uh, business acumen. Um, so I, I think that all that stuff's really important. Um, we also... I think it's, you know, we offer an internship program at our uh, club and a lot of clubs around the U.S. do um, just for the fact that uh, the college students are getting the um, book knowledge, but they're not really getting that hands-on knowledge. And when they can get a one-on-one with a superintendent for, you know, six months during the summer, it really kind of grows their their professionalism and their knowledge of uh, becoming a a golf course superintendent. Right. No, I think it's it's marvelous and... um, I think we need more of it. Anyway, I digress. We're going to take another break here on Grilling at the Green. I'm going to be back with Jim Myers, our new resident expert here on the show on uh, golf courses and agronomy and, well, whatever title I want to hang on him, we'll do it. Anyway, we'll be right back in just a minute. Don't go away. One thing in my life that's missing 
Hey, it's JT, and this part of Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Ben Hogan Golf. Check them out online at benhogangolf.com. Have you heard about the lonesome loser beaten by the queen of hearts every time? Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. I'm JT. We'd like to thank the folks at Painted Hills Natural Beef for the beef way, beef the way nature intended, not beef way beef the way uh ben hogan golf tour quality clubs at factory direct prices that's benhogangolf.com and also um the cambia this is uh um was an unfortunate thing this year jim that we didn't have people out there because usually it's got a very good crowd yeah last year we had a really nice crowd for uh for you know the lpga event and right cambia was our main sponsor so uh and cambia is a great sponsor for us uh we enjoy having Cambia uh, with the LPGA and with Columbia Edgewater. Yeah, and then you got to put up with derelicts like us in the media that come out there. And we like the media. <laughs> media is fun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're we're some good folks. We're some good folks. Some of us actually actually get out on the golf course and walk with the players and take pictures or take notes or you know. That does happen. Yeah, when you can interact with any of the players, it's it's really nice. Uh, yeah. Most, uh, I don't think I've ever had a bad interaction with any of the LPGA players. The, the ladies are such professional golfers, and and uh, they realize uh, uh, yeah. how important uh, media is uh, to the industry. Of Absolutely, growing the game. Absolutely. What's your favorite part about being a superintendent? Uh, I think my favorite part is just, you know, when we talked earlier about the challenges, you know, yeah. um, it's go, go, go all the time. I'm, you know, I'm kind of a high strung person, you know, um, I like things fast paced. I like laying things out, uh, being organized, uh, sure. having a list every day, accomplishing goals. I think, uh, you know, if you're a goal driven uh, type of person, um, it, uh, it gives you a sense of, you know, energy to, uh, you know, accomplish something throughout right. each day. Right. No, I think that's true. Um, try to do that in my everyday life, too. Yeah. I don't always get it done, but most of the time. Yeah. yeah. I'm a big, like you are, I'm on lists. Yeah. My mom trained us with lists because yeah. when she went to work in the morning, by God, there was a list on the kitchen table <laughs> of stuff you better have done before she came home or yeah. not so good. Yeah, I yeah. think it's you know important to set personal goals and professional goals, um, whether it's more education or uh, I'm just trying to achieve something. I always try to set a goal for myself each year, a big goal, and uh, daily goals are important as well just to achieve that bigger, uh, big, bigger picture goal. Sure. So let's get back to the course management for a second. Who decides how tall the fairway grass is going to be? How tall the first cut is going to be what's the stimp going to read do you decide that yeah um you know um it's usually myself and my team obviously i like to include my team my equipment sure. manager um jim herzog and uh, i like to include my my assistants um you know some of my team leaders i like yeah. to bring those guys in but uh obviously we want uh, the golf course to prepare the best we possibly can for the membership each day uh, we mow our, our fairways at 375, which is, you know, a half an inch is at 500. Right. Um, we mow our greens at 0 .090, which is, you know, 125 is an inch or an eighth of an inch. Um, so we're way below an eighth of an inch. Um, so we like set, shaving. Yeah. So we want it tight. Um, uh, you know, the golf course, the you when you have tight fairways like that and that are firm, uh, you get a lot more roll. Um, yeah. Uh, members appreciate that. Also on the second shots, uh, if you have a tight fairway, the ball sits up a little bit more. Um, you're allowed to get more pins or spin control on the second shots into the green. 
So we try to set those um, heights of cut and determine what the standard is going to be for the golf course with the golfer in mind and the playability of the golf course. I think that's the most important um, you know, product that uh, we can offer to our membership. When the LPGA comes to town or USGA or whoever, do you have to relinquish some of that? Yeah, absolutely. We have a rules official, um, so, and we also have an agronomist. Uh, the LPGA has an agronomist that comes in. He usually comes in and visits the golf course uh, two times before the event, yeah. make sure that uh, our checks and balances are in place and that uh, we're ready to prepare um, for an event. Um, that way it keeps it consistent through the events that the um, professionals are playing at. Um, and then also we have a rules official um, that sits on site uh, the entire week. Um, I communicate with that rules official um, first thing in the morning, end of the day. Those are the yeah. – uh, Annie is our rules official. She's awesome to work with, and uh, um, I really enjoy uh, working with her. Um, she's my first call in the morning, and she's my last call at the end of the night, each Sorry. day that she's on property during our events. Does she ever come in the office, put her feet up on your desk, and say, uh, Jim? <laughs> Annie does come into the office, but she doesn't put her feet up on the desk. Annie's, uh, she has a lot going on when she's trying to uh, prepare for uh, uh, the best players in the world every single week. Yeah. So she's uh, she's uh, pretty busy, but uh, a really fun individual to work with, and I appreciate uh, uh, her, uh, her role. And uh, it's very uh, beneficial uh, for us here at uh, Columbia Edgewater to learn from her and and let her come in and help us. Is there a big difference between working with PGA of America, USGA, LPGA? Um, I'm sure some of their specs are a little different. They can't be much. Yeah. Because you don't have a lot to work with when you're taking a half an inch of grass. Yeah. Type thing. Yeah. Well, so anytime you're working with the PGA Tour or the LPGA, um, you know, they, uh, um, it's on a really uh, tight um, window. It's very scrutinized. Things are looked at. Um, Consistency is really important. Uh, They don't want the golf course to change from Monday to Sunday. They want to see things consistent throughout the week. When we host, uh, we hosted the Oregon Amateur uh, recently. We worked with uh, Brent, who is our uh, our representative with the Oregon Amateur, and uh, you know his expectations were a little bit less. You know, it's not a televised event, but still, it's really important to um, the club, and obviously important to you know um, the uh, the association that's uh, hosting the event. So. Um, they're t- they're pretty close, but we like to keep things about as consistent as possible, just so uh, everybody that comes to Columbia Edgewater knows that they're going to get a superior product every time they're they're on property. I think you do because we've been covering. What's Cambia been out there now? Well, it was Safeway first, and then Cambia um, about five years, something out there. I yeah, think. yeah, good sponsorship. Um, you know, Cambia has been, like I said, really good to uh, to the LPGA. Yeah, um, and also to uh, um, you know Columbia Edgewater and. Um, we look forward to uh, working with them again in the future. Yeah, I, th- I think it's great, and I love the tournament. It just was unfortunate because of the uh, the Rona, as we call it around here, that uh, you know fans couldn't get out there. Yeah. But um, Golf Channel did a great job. I see you got a new NBC Golf hat there. Yeah, Jerry Foltz takes care of us. Yeah. So he's, uh, uh, you know, um, it's nice having uh, Golf Channel out there. Uh, they're always good to us uh, when they're on property, and it's really nice to work with them as well. See, when we used to, when the, the tournament offices were up in the crow's nest, yep. as we call it, yep. like that, there was always a sleeve of golf hats, and so I'd get a new one every year. But it, we haven't been up there for a couple of years, so I didn't 
didn't wasn't able to steal one. Actually, they put the media room up there a couple of years ago, and that was pretty tight. So yeah, I was actually up there last year just for a quick minute um, after Hannah Green won. Yeah, um, was able to kind of chat with Hannah and take my photo with Hannah. So it was kind of nice to communicate with her. I don't go in the media room that often. You're a smart man. So <laughs> you're a smart man. Well, I'll protect you from here on yeah, out. Yeah, perfect. I got I got a guy to take care of me. Yeah, JT on it. So uh, speaking of protection, um, here. <laughs> That's probably a bad segue. But anyway, here's our buddy Bruce Furman with this week's golf tip. Hi, this is Bruce Furman. I'm uh, the director of instruction out at Langdon Farms. And I'm going to talk today's tip is about uh, accelerating. And uh, you'll hear that term a lot. You're supposed to accelerate on your short game and accelerate on your putting. But in in reality, that's a a very dangerous term because it implies a short slow backswing and then a fast follow-through and a long follow-through. And when you watch, particularly in putting, you'll see a lot of pros, actually their follow-through is shorter than their backswing. And a lot of amateurs uh, are just the opposite. And so I I would get a a yardstick out and and practice to where you're actually, your your follow-through is a little shorter than your backswing and see if you can hit good putts that way. And I think you'll do better. The the short backswing, long follow through is is something that could lead to actually the yips at some point. So uh, so keep the tempo about the same and keep the the swing back and forth about the same. But if anything, try to get your follow through a little shorter than your backswing. I hope that helps. Thank you, Bruce. We appreciate that. You can find out more about Bruce Furman and his lessons, clinics, and everything he does. Just go to Langdon Farms and click on instruction and there's uh bruce is the director of instruction down there and so i will be tweeting out this week a question maybe a couple of them we've got some snell golf gear to give away uh some balls some tees some gloves that type of thing so we'll be doing that uh and if you have any questions you can email me at info at grillingitsgreen.net we're going to take a quick break we're going to be back with jim myers wrap up this show and jim is sticking around for after hours where we can talk funny we'll be right back Hi everybody, it's JT and this is a special version of Grilling at the Green. Grilling at the Green is brought to you in part by Painted Hills Natural Beef. Beef you can be proud to serve your family and friends. That's Painted Hills Natural Beef. Welcome back to Grilling at the Green. Thank you for listening today. I appreciate that. My name is JT. I'm the host of this show, and we've got Jim Myers with us today from Columbia Edgewater. And as I said, Jim is going to stick around for the after-hours segment. Um, everybody's job, I'll frame the question that way, Jim. Everybody's job is if they got some passion for it, they enjoy it. But then again, even if you're very passionate about it, some days are tougher than others. What's one of your toughest days like? Yeah. Well, I mean, I would like to reference back to just recently, um, you know, like you said, I'm, I'm passionate about my job, love going to the golf course each day, but uh, um, with this televised event coming up, and it was a advance week, um, we had that Labor Day storm. We sure. had three days of 46-mile-an-hour winds. Um, we had trees down. We had leaves everywhere on the golf course. I toured the golf course in the morning, and... Uh, 
I mean, this is advanced week. Next week we're going on TV, and the golf course was absolutely trashed. Um, my team had worked so hard to prepare the golf course. Um, every little nook and cranny was taken care of, and we were ready for the event. And it was going to be nice for us to show the club off. And then, obviously, with the storm came in, it uh, it was heart wrenching. Right. Um, you know, it's uh, just with the superintendent, it's so tough because we deal with the weather. We're dealing with a live plant, and we're dealing with uh, elements that we can't control. Right. And uh, it was that's that's probably one of my toughest days that I've had is just, you know, trying to uh, uh, have the golf course in tip top shape so you can show it off. And and you just kind of take a um, uh, a tough a tough blow from the from the weather. And, uh, you know, Mother Nature was not kind to us at all. Do you and, and you don't I don't want any numbers or anything, but do you get a little bit of extra budget for minimal repairs and things prior to a tournament like Cambia? Does your budget adjust um, somewhat? So, the, you know, if you need to replace the sand in a bunker, and it's, I'm just making stuff up yeah. because you can think of a million questions, but you do that, can you, um, or does part of that come from the, the, the fee for them using the course or... Yeah, that so basically there is a fee that's charged for the club, but um, and some of that rolls into my budget. Obviously, sure. we're, we need to take care of the property. Uh, it would be no different than if we hosted a, a Monday outing or whatever. You bring in a little bit of money for that. But, uh, yeah, there's money tied into my budget um, for preparing for an event. Um, we just went through and added a bunch of sand, rototilled our bunkers, um, got the wall faces packed, um, made sure that bunkers were in perfect shape for the event. Mm -hmm. Um, we also had, you know, some members, uh, we had some member events that we wanted to prepare for too. So, um, that process was a pretty long process for us to do about a month over, um, you know, to over the time to try to get, uh, things in order. But, uh, yeah, there, we do have some dollars tied into the budgets for events and for, uh, yeah. whether you're hosting our Sequoia Classic, which is our member guest or an LPGA event. Um, that's kind of all kind of thought out and planned uh, the year before. Right. And, uh, all, everything's tied. Uh, we all, everything falls back to our budget and everything's tied <laughs> back to, uh, to a dollar. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> So here's a question. I know some of my fellow derelicts out there that play golf. I'm talking about my crew. How do you pack the sand on the walls? How do you get sand? I tried to do that at home, and it just falls yeah. down. So Yeah. Um, well, a lot of it comes from the sand types that you're using, too. If you're using round sand types, um, that'd be like throwing marbles up to a wall. You know, they're yeah. not going to stick. You need uh, different types of sand. Um, that have angulars um, and some rounds, obviously. Um, we'll look at that in a microscope. We'll spec out. Um, we have USGA spec uh, bunker sand. Um, that, spans, that sand's already spec'd. Um, so we know it'll compact, but to what level will it compact? Do and you how get it here? And how well it will drain. Yeah, we actually do get it uh, here in the Pacific Northwest. Um, we have it shipped in. Um, but... Uh, um, we're actually, you can use a jumping jack, you can use a plate compactor, or you can go the old school where you just have a guy with a, with a tamp. Boom, and he, boom, boom. Yep. And he's just packing those edges. So yeah, it's, uh, it's, there's a lot of man hours goes in. You think you just have, you know, um, uh, you're just out there mowing some grass and, and taking care of the golf course. There's a lot more that goes into that. And especially, uh, you know how it is. Somebody hits into the bunker. They want to make sure that it's pristine every time. But oh, sure. It's a lot of hours to try to figure that out. So we've got, uh, about 30 seconds left. How you holding up? 
Yeah, we're, uh, it's been a crazy, uh, with COVID, with LPGA, with our uh, Oregon Amateur, it's been a crazy year. And, uh, you know, uh, it'd be nice to spend some time with uh, my family and... Uh, oh, and, perish the thought. <laughs> <laughs> just kind of relax a little bit this winter, so... Uh, ah, well, good. Um, go out and see Jim. Uh, if you can, maybe there's memberships open. I have no idea. Yeah, we have some memberships open. At uh, uh, Columbia Edgewater. Ask for Jim personally. Make him give you a tour of the course. Yeah, I would love to. Anybody that wants to come out, uh, anytime they want to see the property, I'm uh, I'm huge about uh, showing our product off. Yeah, and you got a great clubhouse, too. Yeah, yeah well, thank you. Yeah, it's really nice. Um, we got to get out of here for this week, but as usual, we'll be back next week. And again, if you miss the show, it's available on the podcast versions across a plethora of platforms there. I'm surprised I could say that today. So for Jim Myers, our guest today, and me and Commander Dave and Chris and all the crew, we thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another edition of Grilling at the Green. Take care, everybody. Grilling at the Green is produced by JTSD Productions, LLC, in association with Salem Media Group, all rights reserved.